Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler of the Draft Network. Before we get into today's episode, as always, our podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, who continues to be the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your four favorite sports, contests, events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the upcoming NBA and NHL seasons, and of course, all of your betting needs for the NFL and college football. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting to prop bets and futures bets. So head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50. It's B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's jump right in to today's episode. I was going to wait until Monday morning. Kind of let things kind of simmer down, right? The 24-hour rule, let it sit that simmer down just a little bit, kind of come to terms with what happened this afternoon. But sitting here, I got Buccaneers and Packers in the background going on, Chargers, Jaguars as well. I want to dive into this game. A disastrous, ugly, horrendous, pitiful effort in all accounts by the Washington Commanders. And I wanted to really get in-depth into my opinions that I'm sure kind of align with you guys out there as far as what we saw today and just a just a flat-out ugly effort performance from Washington's offense. I'll get into the defense a little bit, especially in that first quarter, which I liked, and special teams as well. Just ugly. A team that doesn't look passionate, doesn't look prepared, The effort's not there from Dallas Goddard's screen touchdown and Cam Curl diving to people's ankles to Philly wrapping up the game on fourth down, fourth and four, and Cole Holcomb attempting to cover A.J. Brown over the middle of the field. It just was really from start to finish in Washington's effort today. You sit here one and two after a 24-8 loss to the now 3-0 NFC East tied for the division lead. Well, well, really now the sole leader with the Giants who are 2-0 playing Dallas on Monday night. They're now the leader of the NFC East and right now one of the favorites in the NFC. Washington, well, on the outside looking in is a team that is what we expected. If you're from the outside, we had a lot of, you guys were friends of this, listeners of this podcast or listened for a while now since I started this thing up in the spring. I try to keep it as real as I can with you guys. I try to be as positive as I can as well with positive spins on everything. But sitting here at 1-2, and two, especially after this week, could have easily lost to the Jaguars in Week 1 if it wasn't for a heroic effort from Carson Wentz in the second half of that game. There's a lot of questions to be answered moving forward for this football team that now prepares to head down to Dallas for a team now led by Cooper Rush that last week they won against the Cincinnati Bengals and a team that's probably going to play inspired football. They are on the defensive side of the ball right now. But for Washington, and sticking with them right here on week three was ugly. And 
and just another year of potential, you know, sitting here again on, on a Sunday afternoon, three and a half hours wasted. You look back at the, the back half of that game, what frustrated me the most, Deron Payne gets a safety. All right, cool. We got two points on the board. Yay, we got two points. Awesome. You go on the sideline, John Allen, Deron Payne are tapping up like just won the Super Bowl. Thing is with me is that these guys are getting million dollar checks when they go into their locker room on Monday morning. All right? Everything's good for them. But for myself, someone that grew up in the Northern Virginia area, someone that worked for the team for a long time, I'm someone that's extremely passionate about this team. Now, I'm not playing for the team. I'm not a scout for the team. I'm not a writer like I used to be for the team anymore. But this team means something to me. And it means something to you guys out there. The burgundy and gold, you say, oh, I bleed burgundy and gold. I do. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there do. No matter if it's winning the Super Bowl every year or first pick in the draft every year. Every single fall, the commanders come on the TV. We'll be there. You'll be at FedEx Field. I try my best. I live up near the Philadelphia area now. I try my best to get down to cover games, to stay in contact, obviously, with the representatives inside that building to bring you the best coverage possible for the commanders. But a lot of it, in a lot of these years, three hours is just a waste of time on Sunday. And it's really not just Sunday. It's whenever they play. Monday night, Thursday night, Saturday night. It's a waste of time. And I'm sure a lot of you guys out there as well were former athletes yourself. I was a Division I athlete in my time. Now, I hate saying my time. I'm still a younger guy. I'm only 26. But, and you guys out there, some of you watch this team a lot longer than I have. But have experienced the same lulls since the late 90s. Joe Gibbs left. The team gone downhill. That's it. It's, it's just been a mess. You watch the broadcast today. They're showcasing Washington as a team that's basically won the division every five years since 2010. Saw him win in 2012 with RG3. 2015, 2020, the COVID year, Chase Young's first year at under 500. But if you're a franchise playing to be a decent team once every five years, there's something wrong there. And today was another day, another week, second consecutive week, where Washington was shut out in the first half and they allowed 20 plus points in that first half. Now for defensively, I thought Washington did a good job today on the defensive side of the ball in the first quarter. But they can't get off the field because the offense couldn't protect me. They couldn't block anybody. Doesn't matter, Brandon Graham looked like he was a fresh 21-year-old. His 13th season in the league. Looked like he was Vaughn Miller today. Reggie White. Lawrence Taylor. It was disgusting from the front five today. Sam Cosme was absolutely a Abysmal at right tackle. Looked, it was just absolutely bad in all facets. Couldn't move anybody in the run game. Was getting beat to the outside, getting beat to the inside. I was, I was flacking on Hassan Reddick on Twitter, and I'm sure you guys saw it. Making fun of him for not getting past John Bates and getting the, uh, the unnecessary roughness penalty. The personal foul in that first half. Hassan Reddick's making $15 million a year, and he, in Washington puts a tight end on him one-on-one. Now, schematically, that's not what you want to do, but John Bates held his own and stood the number seven up 
And Hassan Reddick was pushed around on that play, and he got pissed. I'd been pissed too. But Hassan Reddick ate against Washington's offense, as did seemingly every Philadelphia defender. TJ Edwards had a sack. Brandon Graham had two and a half sacks. Hassan had a sack and a half. Josh Sweat, a sack and a half. Fletcher Cox, a sack and a half. Javon Hargrave had a sack. Completely unacceptable from the front five. We had the same thing last year when Chase Roulier went out. How the offensive line changes when he's not in the game. But he was in the game early last week when Aiden Hutchinson had his three sacks in the first half. And this week, bad football within the front five. They didn't do anything crazy to run some stunts or blitz a ton. I think they blitzed more than than Washington expected. Again, I talked about it in my preview this week that Jonathan Gannon likes to run a lot of that cover three. And sometimes be aggressive up front. He did today. He saw that what he could he could get away with. Wes Schweitzer was at center. And it was just ugly from the get-go. I was extremely excited about the potential of this Washington offense this week. Getting potentially Antonio Gibson going early. We saw J.D. McKissick get involved in the run game more today. More so than often, or at least in the first two weeks. And what we saw at the tail end of last year. But Washington could not do anything offensively. And I'm not putting it on Carson Wentz. There's not a quarterback in this league that's going to be successful if you're sacked 10 times. It's just not going to happen. There's no quarterback in this league. Maybe a fluke year like Joe Burrow last year for Cincinnati and the weapons he had on the outside, and that's a a tip of the cap more so to Joe Burrow, but you saw how that worked out for Cincinnati. The ultimate goal is the Super Bowl, and they were there, but they didn't win it. And we've seen what happened to Cincinnati this year. They're one and two. But Carson Wentz is not on him today. His feet sped up, which means his progressions sped up in his head. He was worried about where was people on his blind side. Hassan Reddick was coming off of his arm side consistently throughout the day. Then you look in the middle and it's Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis down your throat. Couldn't move around. Had a fumble. Two fumbles, lost one. Nothing was working for the offense. Terry McLaurin, again, was not involved until the second half. I don't know what the issue is there. There's other good receivers in this league that are getting prepared for like Terry McLaurin is, and they're still getting theirs. I don't care if teams are bracketing him. You're not going, teams are not going to flat out double Terry McLaurin all afternoon long because of the weapons that Washington does have on the outside. But you look at Washington's offense today, Jahan Dotson, eight targets, two catches, 10 yards. Dropped it past the second half because that was ugly. It should have been a first down. Inexcusable. Curtis Samuel. Another game, 10 targets, 7 catches, 48 yards. There's one guy I'm going to tip my cap to today, and really since the start of the year, Curtis Samuels played his butt off. Number 10s look good in the first three weeks. And then Terry, 8, 9 targets, 6 catches, 102 yards. But that's when Philadelphia's running almost like a cover 6 late in that game. They don't care. Take everything underneath. 15 yards here, 20 yards there. Obviously, once hit him down the boundary for a 46-yard gain. Later in the game. Who cares? It's not even competitive. And it was another Sunday afternoon. Where I'm sure a lot of you guys were just not even interested when it came to the third quarter. But again. You pay attention to the little things of the Washington's offense and defense. The corners. A huge issue. Again. William Jackson. I'm not sure what's going on with his back. Would it have made a difference if he was out there? Probably a little bit, maybe. But Kendall Fuller, we know, is 
Oh, Kendall Fuller. Starting on the outside again for Washington this year. Week three, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing is going to change as long as he is on the outside. Devontae Smith absolutely owned him all afternoon long. Didn't matter if our secondary knew they were throwing a number six. They're still going to throw it to Devonta Smith because Kendall Fuller had no answer for him. On the opposite side of the book, I like what Benjamin St. Juice did for most of the day, except for A.J. Brown carried him into the end zone like a little kid. Other than that, I thought he had a good day. I think his length works well on the outside. I've talked about this a bunch, about him, moving him outside, moving Kendall Fuller inside because he does not have the skill set to stay with the X receivers in this league, but we continuously see it week in and week out. It's the same crap that's happening week in, week out, and expecting things to change. It's really the definition of insanity, folks. It's doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. It's been Washington's defense for a long time, and it's been Washington's franchise for a long time. Really, since I've been alive, late 90s. Couple flashes here and there, right? But other than that, Washington is expected to have a top 10 pick every year and they have turmoil in the front office and that's it. That's the burgundy and gold. And if nothing changes, that's how it's going to be for a long time after this. We got all these names on our team. We got John Allen and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat. Sweat hasn't done anything. I'm tired of talking about him, first off. Number 90 is a below-average rusher in this league right now. And until he proves that he's not, he's going to be treated like a a below-average rusher from a lot of these offenses in football where they're putting one-on-one block assignments on him on the outside. They're not chipping him with a tight end. They're not chipping him with a running back. Maybe here and there, but Montez Sweat is just a guy that looks good in a t-shirt and shorts. And right now, when he shows up on Sunday, he's just a guy that's substandard on the edge. That's number 90 right now. We got Chase Young. Not on the field right now. Can't say much, but what I can say is who he was last year before he got injured, and it was not a number two overall pick. I'll tell you that. There's a lot to improve upon, a lot to show for this Washington defense especially, but these are concerns that we've had for months, and nothing changes. But then again, you can't change that much when your guys are out of breath and on the field for the entire game. Now when you look at it, the time of possession... Washington had the ball for five more minutes than Philadelphia did in this game. But that was really because of Philadelphia's quick drives, especially in that first half and all in the second quarter. Philadelphia scored all their points in the second quarter. They didn't score the second half. 24 points in the second quarter alone. A 23-yard pass from Hurts to Goddard, a 9-yard pass from Hurts to Brown, a 2-yard pass from Hurts to Smith. 24 points right there. And, of course, a Jake Elliott 32-yard field goal to kick off scoring early in the second quarter. You can't compete when guys are out of breath. And then you're bringing in guys from a depth perspective. We saw Rashad Wild Goose start today over Quez Watkins and in that first series get burned on the field. It's disgusting. It's just you're not putting your team in the best position to win. I was expecting a lot today from Cam Curl. Whether he's still hurt, that hand's still bothering him. We'll see. But in that tackle with Dallas Goddard, his hand's still bothering him. I tip my cap for him battling it out. I think we know who Cam Curl is. He's a good defender. And I don't want to overreact to a week three loss. But this is the second straight week where Washington looked completely uninvolved and unprepared and uninterested in the first half of playing football. Game doesn't start at 2.30, gentlemen. 
Game starts at 1 o'clock on the dot. It's nice playing this game at such a high level. And like I said, you go in your locker on Monday morning and a million dollars is sitting there on your chair. It's nice to have that luxury as one of the 53 on an NFL roster. It's nice to have that luxury. But for myself, and I know for a lot of you out there that have a passion, a deep passion for this ball club, watching them every Sunday and crap like this is a waste of time. And why are we surprised when they show the broadcast today where all of FedEx Field in the lower bowl is all green? We haven't done anything to to bring Washington fans out. What is ever going to change? Oh, we're running promotions. Come out today and get a towel. Who the hell cares? People care about what the product is in between the hashes. And right now, you are what you are. You're one and two. You get a head coach that really doesn't look really interested on the sideline. Should have thrown a challenge flag in that first half, but couldn't unfold his arms quick enough to get it out. That changed momentum right there. 45-yard completion, Devontae Smith. Excellent catch, but it wasn't a catch. Not a legal catch. Just bad football all around. Second half. I don't even want to look at the second half. I don't care about the second half. Carson Wentz had negative 16 passing yards, net passing yards in the first half with 157 to go in the half. That is below peewee stuff. The front five was the worst I've seen it in a long time. Washington's front five, I, didn't, I don't care if it's Bill Callahan, John Matsko, whoever's been here in the past, Joe Bugle coaching those boys up front. Washington's usually had a good front five. But these last two weeks, they have not been good. 38 yards for Gibson on the ground. 22 for Wentz on three attempts. He got beat up in the pocket today. Surprised he didn't have more turnovers, to be honest with you. Trying to force it downfield a couple times. It was just overall bad football today on all accounts. And moving forward, again, you guys know I try to stay as positive as possible on here. But efforts like that today, efforts like they had in week two, where they almost came back and beat the Lions, this week was just, just, just nothing. No, no, no light at the end of the tunnel. Nothing. It's, I don't know where to go from here or my expectations. I think they are who they are. They have issues at linebacker. They have issues in the secondary. I did like what I saw from Jamin Davis today. He was flying around a little bit. Credit to 52. Cole Holcomb made some decent plays in the first half. But overall, underwhelming from Cole Holcomb. David Mayo, I hate to say it. Good for him for sticking Britton Covey a bunch on, on, on punt. I love it. He hit him probably three or four times on, on punt and getting down there and just leveling him a bunch. Today we saw a lot of Tressway. That's why he's become one of the top punters in the league because he's always on the field. You don't hear about the Bills having a great punter, the Chiefs having an outstanding punter, the Rams having an outstanding punter. You have a great punter if you see the punter all the time. That's why Tressway is probably a top five, six punter in the league because he's always on the field. His leg got more of a work than Carson Wentz's arm did today. It's embarrassing. 24 to 2 was the score in that fourth quarter until late until Antonio Gibson got in that one-yard run at the goal line. 24-2. to 
Philadelphia isn't some big, bad ball club that looks dominant in every single facet. Are they that good, or is Washington just that bad? I thought they were going to play hard today. I thought the defense came out and played hard. I did. Especially with William Jackson out. But the front five, we knew what Philadelphia had. We knew that Chase Rulia was going to be out. Wes Schweitzer played center last year. Andrew Norwell's been around. Charles Leno's been around. Trey Turner is new. Okay. Sam Cosme has been around. There was no excuse for that effort today, especially within the front five in the trenches, because if you don't have success up front and you can't block in the run and you can't pass set, you don't have an offense. You can talk about all the sexy weapons on the outside, sexy new face at quarterback. Wentz was the second leading passer in the NFL heading into this week. 211 yards today on 43 attempts. Didn't turn the ball over, except for the fumble, but I'm just... From a pick perspective, didn't force it too much down the field, especially when Washington was trailing the game for the entire ball game. But man, so much to work on moving forward. And I know a lot of you out there are calling for Ron's head. You guys maybe want to see a little bit of Taylor Heineke today. I'm sure you're thinking of Sam Howell in the back of your head. Let's not do that right now. Let's not overreact. It is very early. I don't think we sat here and made any season predictions that Washington was going to lose just two games this year. Let's just settle down a little bit when it comes to the long-range view of this team. But re- reacting immediately to this is bad football. And so much bad to where how can you fix all of that mess to go into Dallas next week and expect them to not just win a ball game, but to be competitive in the ball game. Kendall Fuller on CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup's expected to be back. William Jackson over him with a hurt back. Oh, here comes Wild Goose, and here comes Castro Fields again. Oh, but we have Kendall Fuller. What are we doing? It's a mess right now. And so many questions, I just don't know if we can answer them. But for today... In a 24-8 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, 0-1 in the division, Washington has has now lost 9 of their last 11 against Philadelphia, and they've won just one game at FedEx Field against the Eagles since 2016. That's terrible. That's a bad mark. And a stat that is just, even just, just, you look back at it and it's just disgusting. Washington doesn't have a home field advantage. It was 90% Eagles fans there today. You heard them singing their stupid Eagles chant. You saw all the green in the stands. You saw the idiot on TV with the eagle flying above his head and all the, the feathers on his face. It's just not playing competitive football right now. Down 20 at the half last week, 20 at the half this week. What do you do? You can't cover on the outside. You're getting big boyed. Kendall Fuller's been in this league for a long time. Devontae Smith, I get it. Heisman Trophy winner, Alabama. Broke Deshaun Jackson's rookie single-season receiving record last year for Philly. Good player. But 150-plus yards in the first half given up. I know it's not all on Kendall Fuller. But when Devonta Smith's rising up over you in the end zone, I'm going to highlight you. 
I have not been high on Kendall Fuller. Long time. You guys know that. But I want him to prove me wrong. I still want him to play well. He's the starting corner on our, on our football team. Again, I like what I saw from St. Juice today. It's amazing when you move Benjamin St. Juice on the outside. It's a long 6'3 corner with 32 and 5'8 inch arms. It's amazing what happens when he can use his length. Again, outside the A.J. Brown touchdown, I thought Benjamin St. Juice did a nice job there. They picked on him a little bit. They did. But he made some nice plays. He really did. Three tackles. Probably had three or four pass deflections a day. I really liked what I saw from St. Juiced this afternoon. And that's something to move forward from a positivity standpoint. But it's time to move forward. Ron Rivera said after the game, they're going to focus on the film. Going to go through it with a, quote, fine-tooth comb to see what Wentz did wrong or what happened. You saw what happened. You're standing right there. And every week you say, I'm going to go look back at the film. I'm going to look back at this. Right? But nothing changes schematically, conceptually, where to put your athletes in position to win or prepare them during practice to win a football game. Because this is year three. You have expectations as a head coach. You're a culture guy. You're a throwback style of coach. I get it. Players respect you. He's done a great job here. I say that with relativity. He's done fine here. But the product on the football field is what matters. And the biggest bright spot today was the broadcast highlighting his shoes for Latino Heritage Month, which is outstanding. I, I get that. I love that. But it's the product on the football field that's just not up to standard right now. And I get it. Ron Rivera's not playing. He's not one of the 11 on the football field each snap. But the focus always turns and the finger of Lane always goes to the GM, goes to the head coach. In any sport, that's what matters. This is year three. This isn't year one. Ron said right after the, the game today, you know, down the road, we're going to look at who we have. We have some young guys in position that need to get some more snaps, and we're going to start punching back a little bit here in the near future. Well, near future, you're in year three. I don't know about how much near future you got, Ron. I don't know about that. You got a lot of talent in the building. Everyone talks about the tons of first-rounders you have in your front seven. Veteran back end. Cam Curl, one of the top young safeties in the league. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, John Allen. On paper, supposed to be probably a top two or three front four in football when healthy. Terry McLaurin, John Dotson, Curtis Samuel, brought in Carson Wentz. You got a veteran front five. You used a second round pick on Sam Cosme. Better, one of the better young centers in the league in Chase Rugay when healthy. I get it. We could play some shoulda, woulda, couldas and play hypotheticals all day long. But you got what you got. And Washington's roster is, is too talented to be down 20 points to Detroit last, year, last week and down 24 to the Eagles today. So that's going to wrap it up for today's pod. Short and sweet for you guys. And a week that hopefully they, they're able to move forward from and work into Dallas and hopefully get a better effort moving into week four because there is too much talent on this Washington roster. We go in and you're 0-2 in the division next week and you're 1-3 heading into games where you have to play the Titans, you have to play the Packers, you have to play the Colts, you have to play the Eagles again. Who knows what you're going to get from the Giants. They're playing inspired football right now. I get it. They haven't really played anybody yet. But Washington has a lot to prove. So I will have a podcast for you guys out on Thursday morning previewing Washington and Dallas week four in Dallas at AT AT&T Stadium. 
Always appreciate you guys tuning in. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter, underscore Ryan Fowler. All my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. Greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. Leave a like, review, share, subscribe. I hope you all have had a great start to your work week. I am Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.